0: the epl pitch side my name is nathan kind of sitting in for your regular host benjamin McTier. now this podcast is powered by city fm and city sports and this is your go-to hub for english premier league analysis transfer stories data and stats and everything in between you can find this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever you get your podcast on today's episode can manchester united turn the corner after a dramatic brentford victory from over the weekend we also ask are arsenal now ready for the premier league title after they beat manchester city and emirates and finally should Mohamed Kudus get a start in the premier league for west ham united let me welcome my guests for today first is edwin kwakofi and yao eji minta guys how are we doing i'm doing well really good good to be here Feels odd to be on this side of the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be done. All righty, let's begin from the very top. We are wondering if Manchester United can turn the corner after the most dramatic of all dramatic comeback wins. Scott McTominay scoring in the ninety third and ninety seventh minute to give Man United a two one win over Brentford at Old Trafford. Um, for the third straight time in all competitions, they went down, or at least they were down at a point but this time they managed to turn it around. They had lost to Galatasaray in the Champions League, Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Brentford were hoping to add more misery, but Scott McTominay and Eric Ten Hag and the rest of the Man United team had other ideas. Edwin, let me start off with you. Is this the platform on which Man United should build? Is this when they turn the corner? And can they turn the corner after getting that dramatic win from last weekend?
1: Well, it's certainly a game they can learn a lot of lessons from. Um, I'm not sure it's one that they can uh, obviously say that we've turned the corner because despite the late win, and it was a really good late win, they didn't perform too well before then. I felt that their play was very laboured, especially in that first half. Conceding obviously allowed Brentford to draw back even further and made United's task even more difficult. But One thing I can say is that I'm pleased Eric Ten Hag decided to react much quicker this time. In previous games, he would have waited way too long before changing things effectively. This time, he realized that things weren't working out with Marcus Rashford. He decided to take him off pretty early on, uh, decided to tweak uh, things a little bit, went with the big men, pushed them up, and that's eventually aided them in their win. So uh, United uh, returning to their old ways of winning late games is always welcome. I used to remember Sir Alex Ferguson's days where they used to recover very late. Even when things weren't looking too good, you always counted on United to come back. And of course, that 99 will live forever in the memory. They've had other instances of that, late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, late 2000s, we don't see enough of that. I don't know if it's because uh, a lot of the players do not have that United uh, f- philosophy or psyche built into them. A lot of them are coming from other clubs. A lot of them are coming because of the money. Uh, they, they are not built in with the DNA of the club. So we don't see that resilience going late into games. But I think this is proof of it. And of course, the player who uh, headlined it was one who's been with the club for a long time. He might not be United fans' favourite, but he's still one who's stuck with the club for quite a while now. But
0: since H5? Yeah, uh,
1: McTominay. And I I feel that instead of it being a game that everyone is comfortable with, it, it, it should not give Ten Hag or his players or the fans a false sense of security. I feel. Uh, we've had a lot of games this season where United have scraped out uh, points out of but they've not played the best. They've not been really good and ultimately they've paid for it in subsequent games. Uh, the Wolves game, for instance, they scraped a win out of that. A uh, lot of fans were happy with the results, the fact that they got three points. They didn't focus on the uh, negatives from that game and it affected them. They went on. Uh, bad losing run, conceding lots of goals. Um, in the Crystal Palace League Cup game, they struggled in in the subsequent game in the league, even though they had got a really good victory. So you hope that uh, Eric Ten Hag takes lessons from this game, looks back at the highlights of this game, sees the the fact that in the first half especially the passing was very very bad. They they weren't making the quick passes into players who were in better positions. They Even when they did, the passing was not great. Okay. The attacking was not good enough. I hope he takes these lessons because United are a club that deserves to be higher than they are. Being 10th is not what you'd expect of a United squad. So, mm. I hope they get better eventually.
0: Mm. Yeah, Eric Ten Hag has a few days to think about yeah. what the plan is going forward. But, when a team gets a win like this it it should kind of kick things into gear I, I guess but but can man United get things together
2: Yes, yeah. yes, I think they can get it together because it's Eric Ten Hag the right coach i I think so um looking at what he he's done in his career as a coach, I think he's the right he's the right guy for a job like this. yes, there are always better options if you are Man United and you have the financial um power to to um, go get a guy like uh, let's say a Carlo Ancelotti or a Pep Guardiola yeah they are better options than um, Eric Ten Hag but at the, at the end of the day uh, looking at where my United is in need of a rejuvenation you need to build it from the ground up yeah I think um, they have a good guy in um, Eric Ten Hag and yes, yeah, there's enormous potential for him to do um, better things and um, bigger things with my United in, in the near future but at the end of the day um what they have in Eric Ten Hag, I think, is more than enough for them to, to, to continue to build their way back to an elite level. At this point in time, I don't think My United is an, an elite club, um, but um, they, they, they can build their way uh, up to that level. But I, and I also look at it for the fact that it's down to the players. Because at this point in time, when you look at the way My United set up, and you look at the way they tend to play when things um, um, click right, I think yeah, it, it shows that Erik ten Hag has a few things good going for him, and he's shown that um, he's learning or he's learned some lessons along the way because uh, Marcus Rashford had his issues and he kept on playing for extensive minutes, but these days or in recent times, his minutes have dwindled and he's taking him off earlier than he usually would. Um, he's bringing on players a little bit earlier. He's giving them yeah he he's giving them a little bit more um, minutes than, than usual. He's trusting guys like Ganacho a little bit more. He's trusting guys like uh, Facundo Pellistri a little bit more. And um, the fact that you have um, Scott McTominay also coming in. Yeah, back in the day, um, despite the fact that you have Scott McTominay coming on and bringing on that height advantage, still, Derrick Ten Hag would, would opt um, uh, not to bring him on. And so, this time around, he he's showing a little bit of Uh, more confidence in his French players Uh, and that for me tells me that yeah this guy is is good enough for the job but it is down to the players he called on the players normally when you have such a dramatic win you wouldn't want to call out your players or you wouldn't want to be uh, critical of your players performance you would you would think that okay let's let's ride this wave and when we return from the international break then you can you can kick in with the criticisms but even after um, that dramatic win, he, kept, he, 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 he lashed out a little bit at his players that they weren't information when they considered a goal, they gift, gifted the ball away. And on top of that, it is the responsibility of the players to be able to step up. They need to take responsibility because they are too good and they are too experienced to be going through these um, situations or these phases, these poor phases. And so for me, it is down to the players because for Ten Hag, I'm sound with... Um, his, his side of, 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 of the ball I'm, I'm okay with it it is down to the players if they can take responsibility if they can take responsibility I honestly see this, this game or this win over Brentford being the turning point because look at uh, Tottenham Hospital, for instance the way Ten Hag cleared the deck for his new signings is the same way Tottenham Hotspur pretty much cleared the deck for their new signings Vicario c- comes in and he steps up, he takes up the responsibility and he's delivering. And they are, they are also delivering. Tottenham Hospital is delivering. You look at uh, Mickey Van Der Ven, he comes in, they cleared the deck pretty much for him. He comes in, he steps up to the challenge. Okay. But you look at my United signings, the way the system was cleared for them to fit in and, and step up immediately. Okay. They haven't been able to um, step up immediately. Macy Mount, Andre Onana, Amrabat. Um he his, his I wouldn't fault him too much because he is a DM. He can play as a right fullback, but when you put him at left full back, then you're asking a little bit too much. And in that second half against Brentford, once Casimiro was taken off and he was deployed as the DM, yes, he fits in nicely and he delivered that kind of talent that we are accustomed to. So for me, it is down to the players. If the players can step up to the plate, I think my United can turn it around, knowing very well that um, Eric Hag is a good coach and this time around he's shown um, me enough that he's, he's learning from, uh, from his experiences bad experiences in the past and he's picking up a few lessons by making adjustments making changes a little bit earlier and that's what you need
0: Alright, we'll see what happens to Man United they play Sheffield after the international break and then Manchester City in the derby at Old Trafford they've got some other tricky games Fulham, Newcastle in the League Cup all of that happening after the international break. Let's move on to our second topic. And it's Arsenal. Arsenal, after beating Manchester City by to Gotenel, in a game that meant a lot for the Gunners on the emotional side of things. Some people feel that it's not really the three points, but it's a psychological win. Are they ready for the Premier League title? Guys, are Arsenal uh, ready?
2: Yeah, they are ready. But the point is, are you ready enough to, to win it? Because it's not just you in the title race there is Manchester City. I think Liverpool's um, defence is a little bit suspect in mm-hmm. terms of the depth and in terms of um, overall uh, performance because you look at the individual um, level that Van Dijk is operating at, it is not optimum. Uh, at, at optimal level, you look at the individual performance of um, Joel Matip, not too optimal. Then you look at the depth, who is behind them playing or giving them cover. There there isn't much to um to shout about. Gerald Kwanzaa is coming through. He looks a fine piece, but you can always tell that he's a a year or two away from be, becoming that player that can step up and step in into the shoes of a guy like Virgil van Dijk. And so that makes them a little bit suspect. Um My United, I don't I don't count them as title challengers. Tottenham Hospital, I don't trust them enough. Uh so it's just down to so it's just down to Manchester City. And when you look at it, Critically, Manchester City will be welcoming these guys back. Um, Rodri will be coming back into the fold. Kevin De Bruyne in January should be ready or February should be ready. And that's where the business end of the, the, the season starts. And but so of course, it
0: will mean that City need to be in the equation back yeah, then. they
2: have more than enough quality to be in the equation. I'm, I mean, let's, let's not forget that the last time they lost um, back-to-back games was, what, five years ago? And after that, they went on a 19 game on streak after that and so I think they, they have it in them to be able to do that so Arsenal uh, can they win the title? are they ready to win the title? yes they are ready looking at the the quality that they have and the numbers the quality plus the numbers and that gives you the depth that they have they have it now um, do they have the the manager to do it yeah I think so Ateta is still learning but that's where I fall short of saying that they are they are the title favourite because if you have a guy like um Bukayo Saka and he had nagging injuries, nagging injuries, nagging knocks, I should put it, nagging knocks, and you kept on playing him and playing him and playing him and you failed to man manage him. I mean, he's uh, he your best player and, yeah, and he's but, young and he's
0: quite durable. So he's quite durable,
2: But quite durable, why would you play him in less um, fancy games and have him miss the big one? against Manchester City. I, for me, that that gives me a little bit of uh, cause um, to worry. And so for me, I don't think... I think they are ready, but are they ready enough to to um, get past Manchester City? Mm. Looking at what Manchester City has going on and what Ateta has shown compared to um, Pep Guardiola. Mm.
1: Look, on, on the point of soccer and man management by Ateta, I yeah. feel that uh, we have been a little bit unfair to Ateta. Okay. What are the big games which are the ones that aren't big games? If Arsenal lose to Bournemouth and they end up losing the Premier League title for by three points, you'd say that, that was, well, why yeah, that why di- yes, why didn't Saka play against Bournemouth? That was a huge game. That would have turned their season around. I I think it's a case of damned if you do, damned if you don't. You as Ateta, you, you don't get to choose and pick which games are important and which aren't. I I know on paper, City might seem important, but then a loss against Nottingham Forest would seem worse uh, if uh, things eventually don't go well for uh, Arsenal. I feel that, are they ready to win the title? I'm sure their owners and their financiers uh, hope so, because you don't spend $100 or plus on Declan Rice if you don't feel you are close to the title. Mm -hmm. You don't spend uh, 60 to 70 million on Kai Havertz if you feel uh, you are not close to the title. And those buys plus others, several others, were made to push Arsenal over the line. Of course, other teams too have made some buys that Mm -hmm. have pushed them further than they were last season, including Man City, who lost a couple of players as well. I, I think if you look at their performance against City, you can tell that this is an Arsenal side that has grown. Mm-hmm. They knew City were going to come into the game a game with a game plan. They knew they hadn't beaten Pep Guardiola under Arteta's management, so it was not a case about going gangho, trying to score the goals, or it's not it wasn't a case about finding uh, defending deep and allowing City to dominate the game. There were points in the game where Arsenal sat back and allowed City to have the ball. There were points in the game where Arsenal uh, decided to attack and keep City at bay, dominate the midfield. There were points in the game where they weren't looking to move forward immediately. They weren't defending deep either. They were content keeping the ball, trying to draw Man City players out. And I think it's this growth in mentality from not just the players, but Arteta as well, in these sorts of games that will decide whether they are ready for the title Um, so far this season they are still unbeating in games where they've been tested their mentality has been tested they've come uh, strong in games where you felt that they might be a little shaky where you felt that uh, they might they might slip up drop points They still kept their composure and managed to get either three points or even the one points. And you can say that about the Spurs game, about the Fulham game. They still managed to get some points out of that. In this game, I personally didn't feel that they would beat Man City, especially after Saka uh, was left out of the game due to injury. But the confidence they must have now after beating the best side in the world at the moment without their best player. That does a lot to the players. It does a lot for the manager. And it should push them on to know that this is a good squad with or without Saka, with or without Jesus, with or without um, uh, Odegaard. That's any team in the land. They can face them, match them boot for boot, and even beat them. After this result against Man City, I don't see them being afraid of any other side in the Premier League. And that's what you need as a title-winning uh, team. You need that confidence, that belief that you are better than every single team. If you are to win the Premier League, it means you are the best side in the in the land. And so uh, many times in recent years, I thought that Arsenal felt inferior to teams like Liverpool, to teams like Manchester United and, of course, Man City. Beating Man City, I know it's probably too early in the season, but the confidence the confidence boost you get from that is immense and it's immeasurable. So all they need to do is keep this up. Consistency for the big games. Our away from home is very important. They got a good result at home. How do they do away from home at the Etihad? How do they do uh, at Old Trafford? Even at Stamford Bridge? How do they do in these games? Because I think those are the games that will really matter for Arsenal in this title run.
0: Mm. We'll see how the Gunners will fare after the international break. They have some very interesting games um, on their hands that they need to handle. They have to travel to Chelsea after the international break and then in the league they will take on Sheffield United. Then they play Newcastle and then they play um, Burnley and Brentford. All of these games spread between after the international break, and the end of November. You're still listening to the EPL Pitchside podcast here on City FM, Probably brought to you by City FM and the City Sports Desk. My name is Nathan Kwa. I'm sitting in for Benjamin Kitia, Yawijie Minta, and Edwin Kwakufi are my wingmen for today. This is the EPL Pitchside podcast on City 97.3 FM, and remember that you can find it, on all your podcast feeds, wherever it is you get your podcast. We'll take a very quick break. When we come back, we head to East London to find out what exactly is happening to Mohamed Kudus at West Ham. Welcome back to the EPL Pitchside Podcast here on City 97.3 FM. My name is Nathan Kwao, Edwin Kwakofi, and E.J. Ejiminta are my wingmen. Let's get to East London. And for the first time in the Premier League, Mohamed Kudus got his goal for West Ham as they drew 2-2, with Newcastle United. He had already scored in the Europa League. He came off the bench when Newcastle were leading West Ham by two goals to one, and he managed to score a good goal, sending the stadium into a frenzy. And the Ghanaians who were there, Stoneboy was the biggest one, who was so, so happy with his very good friend Mohamed Kudus getting a goal. But after that, the question that everybody started asking themselves, and even some West Ham fans were asking themselves, Whether or not it was time for Mohamed Kudus to get a Premier League start. Edwin, where do you stand on this one?
1: Uh, Well, before then, we had a couple of representatives in the stadium (laughs) as well. And we saw that they enjoyed themselves, especially after that Kudus goal. Um, Whether Kudus should start. I I am of the opinion that David Moyes is managing his minutes brilliantly. Introducing someone too quickly... Uh, too soon in a league like the Premier League where the demands are greater than in any other league might be terrible for someone uh, like Kudus, a young player like Kudus who's trying to find his name. Of course, he had a reputation at Ajax, uh, had a reputation in the European competitions, in the Champions League, in the Europa League as a player who scored goals, who created goals, who was one that could definitely become a star at one of the biggest clubs in the world. I, I feel he's, a cl- he's at a club that is of the appropriate st- uh, size at, at this time. I feel being at a huge club, maybe a Chelsea, a Man City, United, as some people have suggested, might not be the best for his career at this stage. At this West Ham team, he gets to uh, be the, become the main man eventually become the main man. I don't think West Ham have too many players better than Kudus in terms of ability. And if he eventually plays himself into the team, plays himself into becoming their best player, undoubtedly, I feel that does much better for his career, much better for his confidence as well. Uh, To start him in, in games right now, of course, he's a quality player, but it's not just about the quality when you're in the Premier League. There are players who have come with the huge, uh, best, biggest of reputations only to falter in the Premier League because the pressure from the fans, especially from uh, the pressure of being one of the most important players in your team, it just gets to them. They can't handle that kind of pressure and uh, eventually they head out of the league with uh, their reputation broken and in tatters. I don't want that for Kudus. I want him to be the best player he is. And I feel being being uh, introduced into games gradually, a few minutes here and there, scoring f- a few goals, rescuing his team, that's the best for him. Of course, he, get, he can get starts in the lower competitions, the League Cup, the FA Cup, the Europa League. And make his name there. These are uh, lower competitions where there's not that much pressure in the Europa League. He's used to playing there. But in the Premier League, it's different gravy. You come up against much better defenders, uh, players who are not... Hesitant of the tackles, and we we don't know how he's going to react to that. Mm-hmm. Kudus has a bit of a wild side to him, he, he, so you don't want your player just losing it in the first few games he plays. So I'm I'm glad I'm happy with how Moyes is, you know, limiting his minutes. Eventually he will start. Eventually he will become uh, West Ham's undoubtedly best player, but at the moment he needs to take his time. Just. You know, edge his way into the team little by little, and then things will work out. Right now, I feel he's in the best position uh, he could be. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: should should Mohamed Kuru start for West Ham? Yes, he should, but the fact that you should does not mean that um, you would get it your way. <laughs> yeah, because it's a, it's a team sport. Um, when I look at the people around this table, when I look at the caliber of people around this table. Should we, looking at how things are happening in Ghana, looking at the economic conditions in Ghana, should you be in Ghana? Of course not. You shouldn't be in Ghana. You should be That's very you, should, interesting. you should be doing way, way bigger things outside <laughs> yeah. outside um, this frustrating system. Yeah, you should be doing that. But do you have your way at this point in time? No, you don't have your way. So should Kudu start? Yes, you should start for West Ham. I see. But... There are other factors in play. It's not just him. You have to look at the, the quality of um, the options around him. You have to look at the system. That's why some players are good for a certain system. Some players aren't good for a certain system. You might be uh, of a certain caliber of, um, of a player. But if you if come at a certain point in time, in a generation, you might be ahead of your time or you might be a little bit later than your time. Mm -hmm. That's why you have your classic number 10s being practically phased out of football as we know it because now it is more of systematic style than fluidity, flair, all-natural instinct and ability to play football. So if you are a Mesut Ozil, you've come a little bit too late because at this point in time, those kind of players are being shoved out of the door so should they play should he play yes he should start for west ham but at the end of the day you look at where does Kudus fit in this team he fits in as a as an attacking midfielder mm-hmm. a guy who can play behind the striker mm-hmm. a guy who can play on the left side as an inside forward he can play on the right side as an inverted inside forward but Jared Bowen is in the form of his yeah. life.
0: He signed a seven year extension. Exactly. At West
2: Ham, so. Paqueta is in the form of his life. If this was last season's version of Paqueta, then oh yeah, Kudu should start ahead of him. And I'm pretty sure he would have been starting ahead of him. But this time around, Paqueta is playing better than he was he did last season. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a, a bit of a headache there. Now they brought in Etienne Alvarez and they brought in James Ward Proud. So what that means is David mm-hmm. Moyes can decide to play Edison Alvarez and Thomas Suchek as the two holding midfielders and play James Ward-Prowse a little bit upfield behind the striker. And he excels in that role too. So where is the room for Mohamed Kudus? Because Mikel Antonio will start. Um, his backup is Danny Inks. So he definitely, at this point in time, he has to come off the bench. So schematically, he, he, sh- he, he should be coming off the bench. And that's what he's doing now. Okay. So that falls right in place. Then you look at it from the, the context of he being a late arrival to this team. Mm-hmm. Because he came on, I think, on the final day of the transfer window. So you need a little bit of time to build your way up. You, do, you don't want to rush him into these things. And as Amarjan rightly put it, that David Moyes is managing him well. Because... When he got signed by Sunderland, he was a record signer at that point in time. But Steve Bruce gradually increased his minutes. He didn't just throw him into the fire. And Asamarjan coming into um, Sunderland had accomplished more than Kudus in terms of experience. Because if you go to the World Cup and you go miss that penalty and you still get back out there, take the first penalty attempt in the penalty shootout, mm-hmm. then it means you've gone through a lot, way more than Kudus has at this point in his in career. Mm-hmm. And even he had to be introduced gradually. we all built different, but the, 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 the wise way would be the gradual approach. And that's what David Moyes is doing. So okay. I'm all fine with that. He should start, but at this point in time, there's no need to force it. Mm-hmm. It will come in time because Anto- Mikel Antonio has his injury issues. Danny Engs is backup, natural backup, has his injury issues. And Mohamed Kudus has played as a false nine um, for, on several occasions um, during this time at Ajax. He can lead the line. And I've seen him um, coming to replace Mikel Antonio on a couple of occasions um, this season since joining West Ham United and play as a false nine. So uh, he, the start will come. The start will naturally come at the end of the day. So I'm not too bothered if he, he starts now, he doesn't start at this point in time.
0: All right, West Ham, we'll see. Um, how many minutes Kudis will get when the international break is over Uh, when the break is done West Ham will travel to Villa in their next league game then they take on Everton in their next league game and then they'll be taking on Brentford as well And that's how we wrap it up um, for today on our EPL Pitch Side podcast. You can find this podcast. On Apple podcast Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast feed. Let me say a big thank you to Yahweh J and Edu For guys. Thank you so so much You're for doing welcome. this with me. Pleasure being here. And thank you out there for listening. We appreciate the fact that you took time out to listen to the EPL Pitch Side Podcast here on City97.3 FM. My name is Meta I sat in for your regular host, Benjamin and We'll catch you next week with another exciting episode of the show. Until then, take care of yourself and stay safe.